Hey, look, I want to start in a fairly uh, solemn way because we we're about to talk about our values and uh, it's a bit of a serious way to start, but I was struck at the end of last year by the beauty and the power of connection, of human connection and belonging. And, and I just want to share that this morning. My youngest son had built a table at high school and he didn't want to bring it home on the bus. And so I had driven to school to pick him up. And I got out of the car and I lifted the boot of the car. And it was then that he spoke these, these really loving and powerful words to me. He said, Dad, your shirt's on inside out. <laughs> and it's a, light, it's a light thought, but think about it for a moment. How would I know if there wasn't someone else to tell me? You know, um, it's, it's hard case and it's a silly example, but, but just think about the intimacy required to have someone in your life who can come up and go, you've got spinach on your teeth. Yeah. You're flies down. <laughs> you know, or those of us who have the moustache and beard, you know, hey, you've got spaghetti bolognese hanging from your beard. You know, you need, if no one tells you, how are you going to know? And if you think about it, if I'm walking down the street, a stranger's not going to tell me, probably. I'll just walk past and go. <laughs> or you might have people at different vary, you know, varying levels of uh, proximity, some who go, oh, I don't want to embarrass them. Others who might go, oh, you know, it's a bit embarrassing. I don't know whether to point it out or not. But, but in that closeness, you can see clearly I think too much about stuff. But, but in, in that sort of an instance, to have people who are close enough to be able to speak to you in the reality. On a more serious note, a genuinely more serious note, we've been through a hang of a time in the last few years, haven't we? A hang of a time. And, uh, you know, going through the pandemic, it has had a huge impact on us physically. And mentally and emotionally, you know, we're going to see, you know, we're still grasping the impact that it's had on our kids. I remember going to an interview for one of my boys over here at Boys High. We were talking about sort of the different things that had gone on, and one of his teachers said, your son has never had a normal year at high school. And you think, gee, that's right, you know. So it's impacted us physically, mentally, emotionally, but also relationally, also socially. Just, you know, just, just it's good to remember. It's good to, to think. Think of, you know, when social distancing became a part of our everyday parlance. You know, when, you know, and, uh, and we had our lockdowns. And I remember I was the person who, who got to go out to the supermarket. So, boy, that was a treat. Man, that was exciting. I don't know about you guys. I put on a stone in that first lockdown. We just, we just yeah, that's not pertinent to the message. So I just, just remember that because just ate. And, um, and I remember bumping into a friend who I hadn't seen for years at Countdown. And I just wanted to hug him. And I couldn't. And we're standing there awkwardly just sort of talking across this display of Girl Guide Biscuits. It's going to be the title of my next book, Across the Girl Guide Biscuits. And so we're just sort of chatting at a distance because you, you had to social distance. And then, of course, we moved from lockdown to isolation. And, you know, the, the difficulties in the word because we just weren't made for it, were we? Isolation. And so I know the difficulty where we had Kids at home and everyone else is get, at least in lockdown. Everyone's in lockdown, but but in isolation, you're 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 locked away in a sense, secluded with your household, and everyone else is getting on with their lives, and it does things. 
Because I think what it reveals is that we are hardwired for connection. We are, and it was great to have the technology so we could keep in touch, but there's nothing like being in the presence of each other. You know, there's nothing like it. We were not created for isolation. You know, John Wesley, you know, a lot of people, I remember he preached a sermon once. I wasn't there. I read it. And, and he talked about, you know, people who wanted to come away from a corrupt church and be with God on their own. But he kept saying, there's no such thing as a solitary Christian. There's no such thing as a solitary religion. It calls us into community. So we weren't created for isolation. We weren't created to be on our own. We were created for community. We were created for connection. And so we long to belong. That's a human thing. It's not a Christian thing. That's a human thing. Because we were created by God. And so it's that kingdom value of belonging that I want to sort of reflect on this morning. There's been so much research that has come out uh, in recent years around belonging and connection and, and, and the need for it. So coming out of MIT, uh, research shows that belonging is a fundamental part of being human and uh, that we need people and that this need is hardwired into our brains. Uh, belonging is also tied to a social identity that we belong to a group with shared values and ideals and, and beliefs and that we, we, we find comfort in being with those birds of a feather, so to speak. And researcher Brené Brown, she defines belonging as the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. And I see that very much among Generation Z, you know, that younger generation coming through, that desire for causes and, 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 and looking to that which is greater than us. And we, we all operate in webs of relationships because persons, by definition, don't stand alone. That's part of the, you know, in, in our Western uh, heritage, we've, we've grown with the value of the individual. And it's absolutely true. Every life is important. But, but if, you, if you divorce that too much from the, the community, you know, I have rights. Yeah, you do. I can, yeah, I can drive, but I can't drive as fast as I want because it starts to endanger others. So, you know, so there's a balance between the individual and the community. And but, so we exist in these webs of relationships. Um, you know, I find it, uh, you know, you'll find it, those of, uh, you know, you'll find it at school and maybe at work when you learn pepiha and you introduce yourself in Māori. You don't say, hi, my name's Simon and I do this. You, you, you locate yourself to a geographical location and to a tribe of people and to a hapu, a clan, and then your parents say for me, you know, ko ropata moitara, toku papa, my father, my mother, and, and that's who I am, this, this, this greater that I belong to. And we find it, you know, in, in, in Scripture, when we look at Jesus and his divine identity, he's the son of his father. And his father looks at him and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so there's those relationships within the, the, the triune Godhead. And then even in his humanity, Jesus is the son of Mary in the line of great King David of the tribe of Judah. And so we all exist in webs of relationships. You'll find on Facebook, as part of my thinking, uh, on Facebook my description is Rachel's husband. You know, rather than this is what I like. Uh, who, who am I? You know, I can talk about myself, but actually I'm, I'm Nairi's son. I'm Rachel's husband. I'm, you know, we exist in webs of relationships. Oh, that's how we were created to be. That's how we were created to be. And so within the heart of every person is the need to belong. One of my favorite uh, Christian writers says, 
this. He says, we crave personal relationships. We need to know that we belong. First to God, our creator, and then to one another. And basically, that's my premise for this morning. I want to reflect on those two ideas of belonging, that we belong to God, our creator, and that we belong to one another. What does that mean? And so let's, let's, let's look at that a little bit more. So firstly, you and I, we belong to God. And God has gone to amazing lengths to be in relationship with us. Psalm 100 verse 3 uh, has this to say. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. In the Common English Bible it says, Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We belong to Him. There's a security and a, a valuing and, and belonging. You know, I, you know, I often think that there'd be those who, who might not like that language in marriage. You know, a lot of people will rail against the idea of marriage. Um, but, you know, Rachel belongs to me. And the moment I say that, there'll be heckles raised for some people. Um, but I belong to her. Think of the language of Song of Songs. I am my beloved's and he is mine. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a beauty in submitting and giving yourself to one another. I don't own her like a thing. But rather, in relationship, I belong to her. And she belongs to me. And there's, there's something wonderful in that. And so we belong to God. To be human is to be designed for intimate relationship with God. We were designed, C.S. Lewis says, we were designed to run on God. You know? You, you, you cannot put milk in a lawnmower. Well, you can put milk in a lawnmower, but you're probably not going to get your lawns mowed because it wasn't designed that way. And likewise, we as human beings were designed to run on God. We don't run on wealth and power and fame. It just doesn't work. You can have those things, but unless you're running on God, then things are out of order. And so that's my understanding, and that's my experience. And so that's why that yearning to belong is a spiritual thing. From ages past, the churches, uh, many, many in, in, in different streams of the church have used something called catechisms. And catechisms are a summary of the Christian faith in the form of questions and answers that teach Christians about the faith. So you might, uh, so for example, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And you would learn these things so you could learn the faith. And so, uh, who's grown up with catechisms at all in, in their church tradition? Cool. So, so some of us here. Uh, and, you know, many, many might dismiss the idea of catechisms as, oh, they're just rote memorization. You're just learning the right answers. But there was never, ever the intention. And I was reading one writer who said that the idea of the catechisms was that you, you look to... Uh, connect the most pressing human anxieties and struggles with the biblical story that's been handed down through the centuries. So what are we going through as humans and what does, what does the Bible say? What does God reveal through his word? And so you would you'd learn these things. And so with that in mind, the Heidelberg Catechism, it's over 450 years old, um, uh, connected to Luther and, um, and the Reformed tradition in the church, uh, starts with this question. This is the very first question. It says this, what is your only comfort in life and death? It's a heavy question to start, eh? It's, it's probably heavier than we're used to in our 21st century chilled life. But what is your only comfort in life and death? Answer, check this out, answer that I am not my own, but belong. Body and soul in life and death 
to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Beautiful, eh? So what's, what's your only comfort in life and death? Oh, that I belong to Jesus. Because then you can, whatever comes, it's all right, because I belong to Jesus. It's a, quite a, imagine growing in that, that, that you know, in your, in your journey with that as your, your foundational truth. It goes on to, the, the answer's quite a long one, and it finishes with this. Because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. You see, I belong to Rachel. Now I live for her. As a, an analogy, you know. Um, I, I belong to her. I live for her. She's mine. She lives for me. And there's something in that mutual submission that Ephesians 5.21 speaks about. Um, talking with God, though, you know, we are not our own. Paul writes to the Corinthians, we were bought at a price. We were bought at a price, the precious blood of Jesus. So we belong to God. Uh, we read uh, in Romans, thank you, Kit, Romans 14, verse 9 says this, if we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Straight up, eh? And, and, and the beauty of that, I think it com comes in a context where he's saying, you know, don't be harsh with one another, but just, you know, because we belong to the Lord. So uh, as we, we, we look at this, Jesus died for us. He paid for our sins. He's freed us from the tyranny of the evil one. And so we now belong to God. I'm a servant of Christ. And we may struggle with that, those language, servant and slave of Christ. But in the ancient world where they understood slavery and servanthood, they loved that description of themselves as slaves of Christ and servants of Christ because they had a new master. And he was a good master. And he was one who came not to be served but to serve. So he turned all of that on its head. And so they were very happy to be known as the one who served, the one who came not to be served but to serve. But more than that, we are children of God. We, we, we are adopted into his family. And so now the Spirit of God lives within us, leading us, guiding us, transforming us from within, helping us now to live for Jesus. We belong to him. As one writer puts it, in Christ we find true belonging. For true belonging is being simultaneously fully known and fully loved. Think about that. You see, if, I, if you don't know me, but I want you to like me, then I'm fitting in. But to be fully known and fully loved, you can grow there. You can be, there's healing there. There's safety and security there. Think of the first words of Psalm 139. Many of us will know that beautiful Psalm of David. And uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. I grew up with the translation, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. And you think about that, God knows me intimately, knows everything. We go through so much of our lives, we think of it, social media, you've heard me say this often, has reinforced the idea of us presenting the highlights reel and the best of us and, and reinforce that whole idea of presenting the mask that puts our best face forward to people. Because God help us if they ever knew what was really going on behind that. You might not like me. You might not accept me. You might not love me. So therefore, I will project this image. But God blows that mask out of the way and sees the reality. 
He knows us. The light and the dark, the good and the bad. There are no secrets before him. And here's the the amazing thing for me when I ponder the omniscience, the all-knowing of God, that God knows me. There are no secrets. No skeletons can come falling out of the closet. He knows everything about me. And knowing me as he does, he loves me. Loves me. Loves you. So we belong to God. Absolutely loves us. And because we belong to God, we belong to one another, which is probably, I think, a little bit strange for our 21st century Western I have rights ears. Okay? But let's just, let's, just, let's just reflect on that. I think, I see this in two senses, this idea of belonging to one another. I think we belong to one another as part of the human race. I think that's a very real reflection we have to have, that we belong to one another as part of the human family. And so uh, all people, you know, as Christians, we believe that all people have been created in the image of God. And so regardless of what they think and regardless of what they believe and regardless of what they are, they are worthy of dignity and respect because they're created in the image of God. Uh, so I, I believe we're all children of God by creation. But those of us who follow Jesus as Lord have become children of God by adoption. We've been adopted into his family. Okay? But uh, we reflect God's heart and love when we respond to each other in gentleness and kindness. I, you know, I, do, I, do like, I like social media, but it can also get me a bit down sometimes when I see stuff on there. Anyone else? And, uh, you know, I see people sniping at each other or ripping into each other, saying mean and nasty things. You know, and the rise of the, the cowardly troll with the distance and anonymity of the keyboard, just sitting there somewhere in their mother's basement going, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> having a go at people. But, but I was blown away recently as I saw post after post on... Uh, on a community help board after the terrible recent you know, flooding in Auckland. And uh, I just saw some amazing posts there. And just after, post after post, one man posted, me and my brother will love to help clean and move your stuff. I've got the moving van anytime, prayers. Someone else said, I have a single bed with clean sheets if anyone needs it. Another, me and a friend can get groceries for you. Another posted, offering help can work for free. Another woman posted, my husband and I are able to help anywhere someone needs it, willing to do anything to help out. People looking out for the needs of others, loving their neighbor who is the one in need. You know, we're part of the the human family. So we belong to one another as people, as part of, 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 of the human family made in God's image. But when we choose to follow Jesus in faith, then we're welcomed into God's family, and we find a place of belonging among his people within the church. And, you know, at the church, we're not perfect, are we? We're not perfect. You know, Philip Yancey wrote a book called Church, Why Bother? Church, Why Bother? And in it, he writes these words. He says, as I look around on a Sunday morning at the people populating the pews, I see the risk that God has assumed. For whatever reason, God now reveals himself in the world not through a pillar of smoke and fire, not even through the physical body of his son in Galilee, but through the mongrel collection 
that comprises, I said to the 9am, I think mongrel means something different in North American English than it probably does here. <laughs> but, you know, diverse. But through the mongrel collection that comprises my local church and every other such gathering in God's name. You know, I've had, I've had people that I've known in the church that I probably would never have mixed with if I didn't know Jesus. Yeah. It just brings a, a, a great diversity of people together united in him. And so we're created to belong. And in the Christian life, that means doing life with a real group of real people. Uh, beautiful people with real issues, with real flaws, with real strengths. Uh, a whanau of, of precious, imperfect, intelligent, struggling, grappling, wonderful people who have all found grace and acceptance from God in Christ. Amen. Amen. Alistair McGrath, a wonderful theologian, uh, has these words to say. Thank you, Kit. He says, The church is God's work in progress as God takes ordinary people and makes them extraordinary. See, you and I are his work in progress, but he brings us together as his people as a work in progress to be light and salt. Who remembers Pastor Rex Meehan? I still have my moments where I miss him. I miss him. And um, Pastor Rex was a real pillar in the apostolic Acts Church movement here in New Zealand. And one of the things that he would always teach on uh, was he would say that over 50 times in the New Testament uh, that we're called to or encouraged to the one another life. And so the phrase one another or each other occurs over 50 times and it speaks uh, to relationships within the community of believers, a mutuality, a reciprocity, a reciprocity aroha atu, aroha mai, this, this, this back and forth uh, exchange among the people of God. And so if we think of Scripture, you know, Paul writes to the Romans, accept one another. He writes to the Colossians, forgive one another. To the Ephesians, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and be kind and compassionate to one another. Serve one another, he writes to the Galatians. Bear one another's burdens. You know, te tahi ki te tahi, one to the other. And there are also negative commands. Do not lie to each other. Um, stop passing judgment on one another. And so calling for that our Christian life to be lived in this one another life. Uh, Paul writes to the Roman believers, Romans 12 verse 5, if you're taking notes, Romans 12 verse 5. He says, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So in all of our diversity and difference, united in Jesus, we belong to each other in the family of God and we're called into this one another life. You know, if you think of it, uh, Jesus, very famous statement that he makes in John's gospel, John, 30, John 13, verse 34. Um, a new command I give you. What is it? Love one another. As I have loved you, love one another. And then he goes on to say this, by this will all people know that you are my disciples. When they look in at my people and see the way they love one another. It's part of this one another life. You know, I, you, guys, you, you guys have kids. You know what it's like. People often come up to us and say, gee, your kids are wonderful. And I think, well, you don't live with them. <laughs> you know? Um, and, 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 and you know what it's 
like because I, 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 see, I see to the depths of them. I see the beauty and the wonder of them. And I also see, you know, that they haven't done the dishes again or whatever it might be, you know, or they've got no ears or whatever it might be. But, but one of the things that I, I find, you know, is when, when the, the kids um, are harsh to one another or stink to one another, it hurts me. And when they're kind to one another and look out for one another, it brings me great pleasure. Now, if I, as a finite, created father, feel like that, how much more so our Heavenly Father when he looks at us as his children in this world. And if we're living that one another life, that it brings pleasure to him. Uh, and so we belong to God and we belong to each other. And so the final passage that I want to look at, Paul writing to the Romans, and he's talking about adoption here. And I'm reading from Romans 8.15. And Paul writes, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. So we're not groveling trying to get God's acceptance or approval. We didn't love first. He loved us and sent Jesus. So, so we don't have a spirit that makes us fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. I, I find it amazing that the New Testament is written in Greek, but they've held on to this word that Jewish people spoke. Jesus, when Jesus prayed, he would pray Abba. It's an Aramaic word. And so, but when the New Testament was written in Greek, they held on to that word because it was so precious and intimate. And so Jesus would pray, Abba, Papa. It's an intimate word of a, an, a, a child, infant child, adult child, and their father. And so we've been adopted. We've received the spirit of sonship by which we cry, Abba, Father. So we're adopted and by God, we belong to God. Amen? Amen? And so because we belong to God, we're adopted into his family. And so we're connected to one another as brothers and sisters. Uh, I, I uh, read news reports recently, read an article about a guy called Jay Spates, an uh, African-American guy who wanted to learn more about his uh, lineage. And so he took a DNA test on Ancestry.com, which pointed him to other databases, so searching it up. And he got this message back that said, royal DNA. So he followed it up a little bit more. And he found out that he was of royal descent and that he was a prince in the West African nation of Benin. This only happened a, a few years ago. A prince in the West African nation of Benin. So he grew up in New Jersey. Lived in an apartment. Didn't even own a car. And so here he is. Long story short, he's, he's flying to Benin. The royal family prepare, prepare a festival for his homecoming. They hang out banners. They throw a parade. Signs read in French, Welcome to the kingdom of Alida, land of your ancestors. I tell you what, when you find, even just in, when, when you find that sort of thing that roots you, it's, it's such a blessing to find yourself as part of something greater, you know? And so anyway, he, he does this. And before he left Benin, Spate said the king gave him a new name, Viticon Deca which means the child who came back. Isn't that precious? The child who came back. And he shares a lot about what that process was like for him. You can see where I'm going with this story, can't you? It's not... You know, when we, when we come to Jesus, we find out that we're a child 
Coming back to the God who has always loved us. Coming back to the Father who created us and always loved us. We are a child of the King and we're adopted as royalty into God's family. Still something that blows my mind and I, I struggle to grasp. Nevertheless, that's the reality, isn't it? We are servants, but we are more than that. We are children of God adopted into his family. Deeply loved, fully known. And so adoption is about being, in the biblical sense, it's about being wanted. It's about our belonging. And it speaks to our deep need to be known and to be loved. To be adopted is to be invited into the loving and caring embrace of God and his people, his whanau. It's about being welcomed. It's about being wanted. It's about being invited. It's about being loved. We are adopted as God's children. And it centers on a relationship with the living God. So true belonging, true belonging that, that answers that cry of our heart is found in Jesus, where we're fully known and we're fully loved. 